This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 448. Welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Stephen Fennec here. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. Thanks for joining us. On this week's show, we run our eye over the new Apple products announced at its recent event, including new AirTags, iMac and iPad Pro. And Netgear has released the Orbi Pro Wi-Fi 6 for small businesses. In the Tech Guide review, is going to take the DJI FPV drone for a spin. JBL has released headphones designed especially for kids. And Ecovax has released a new robot vacuum with an air freshener. And your tech questions will be answered in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, it was a busy Wednesday morning for me last week. Uh, I was up at 3 a.m. to live stream Apple's Spring Loaded event. Spring Loaded, I think, refers to the season, which uh, they are going into in the U.S. doesn't mean anything about any product they've announced or no springs that I noticed. But it was a one-hour event, and yet they still managed to make six different announcements, which we're going to go through on the show today. First up, we're going to talk about AirTags and iMac. In the next segment, we're going to talk about iPad Pro, the new Apple TV 4K, the new podcast subscription service, and a purple iPhone. But first up, let's talk AirTags. And this is the brand new product that has been rumored for so long and that has now finally seen the light of day. I think that this has been a rumor for about two years. And every event that, that rolls around, we think, oh, is this going to be the event? And finally, we've seen them. And as we suspected, AirTag, uh, about the size of a 50-cent coin, an Australian 50-cent coin, has a white front face, silver rear panel with the Apple logo on it. It's powered by a watch battery. So it's a, it's a battery about the size of a 10-cent piece that goes inside powers it for that the battery should last the apple is saying for about 13 to 14 months and the battery is replaceable so you just pop off the rear silver panel and just simply replace the battery as you would with a number of other devices like i think a lot of a lot of car key uh car key uh, controllers have have the similar battery on board so uh not not unfamiliar the air tag is unlike the tile. Everyone thought, oh, that's just like tile. And it's right. Uh, difference with the AirTag, though, is that the network to find the AirTag is vastly larger. It's huge. Uh, that's the Find My Network, which we already use for finding things, finding your iPhones, Apple Watches, Air- AirPods. Now, that same network will also be used to find your AirTags. 
Now, how it works is this. All the there's up to a billion Apple devices in the world. We're talking iPhones, iPads, Apple Watches, all, all these devices are out in the world, and they act as little cell towers that can detect other air tags around them. Now, you don't even know this is happening. If you're an iPhone user, don't panic. The, you, you could have participated in this location because your phone is constantly pinging. If there's an air tag nearby, that location will be updated because of, it, because of its proximity to you. So you were the little cell tower that updated the location. Now, this comes in handy, of course, if you've lost your, your item. So in the case of the air tag, you can put the air tag inside a backpack, inside a school bag. Uh, if you want to attach it to your keys, you do need to buy Apple's key ring, which naturally fits the air tag. Uh, or if you want to put it, they've also got a loop which can fit on a on a backpack on a, on your luggage. So that way you can locate the particular item that that's connected to. And so that is how it's it's updated when you're out in the world. It also works equally effectively at home, and I'm sure you've been in this in this situation where you're in a hurry and you can't find your keys. So with with the new AirTag, if you've got an iPhone 11 or an iPhone 12, which uses the ultra-wideband technology, you'll be able to do what they call precision location on in your home. Precision finding, I think, is the term they use for it, and will only work if you've got an iPhone 11 or 12, because it has that ultra wideband compatibility. And what happens is you turn that feature on and as you walk around your house, it's like a little metal detector. It, it'll, it'll give you a distance once you're nearby. And then as that distance reduces, I think with, when you're within five meters, it'll actually create, it'll form an arrow and point you in the right direction. I've done a video on Tech Guide if you want to see it in action. And then it, it'll, and when you're standing above the air tag, you'll feel the phone vibrating in your hand, or in other words, to tell you that yes, it's located right here. And it it is it is effective if you do really need to find your keys in a hurry and uh, and you and you need to get out of the place. So uh, air tags, yes, as I said, similar to tile. Tile have a little. Uh, if you you see the tiles, they're, they're square shaped. They've got a little hole in the top corner, so you can actually put your existing keyring through it. Which Apple don't do that. They want you to buy their keyring. Uh, tile also sell their little trackers with uh, sticky backs on them too. They've got like a little three M. Uh, steel sticker on the back or you peel off the sticker and, and then you can they're quite small you can stick it to a camera a laptop a bike uh, so you can you can do that as well but uh, Apple don't have that they don't have the sticky back they don't have the hole in the in the corner it is circular the air tag so you don't you don't get that with the with the air tags but pricing 45 bucks each or 149 for a four pack and if you want to buy the leather keyring and leather loop uh, air tags, uh, the leather keyring's fifty-five bucks. The leather air tag, the loop air tag, uh, is fifty-nine dollars, and the polyurethane loop is forty-five dollars. Uh, they go on sale on April thirty. So uh, I think a lot of people, a lot of people who are new to this, they've never heard of these before, and they're thinking, "Wow, what a brilliant idea!" They're not aware that Tile's been doing it for so long, and uh, as as have other companies. But uh, it, it is though quite effective because it does use, as I said, Apple's vast Find My network. So yeah, that's AirTags. I'm going to move on now to discuss the iMac, and I think that this was a pretty significant announcement because Apple has not 
updated the iMac for some years. It's generally been the same design. They've sort of tinkered with it, changed it, improved the screen, done these things, but the design has not changed over the years. And it, it, is, it is a pretty thin computer to begin with, but Apple has just gone all in with this amazing redesign from the ground up. They've, they've totally redesigned this thing. It's just 11.5 millimetres thick. It's available in seven colours as well. So it's reminiscent, if you cast your mind back to the late 20th century, when Apple announced their first iMac, I think back in 1997, and then that I think a year or two later, they then had a colourful range. I think there were five different colours. I know I bought the green one. I, I, I was partial to green back then. But this is very similar to that with the color choice, and I think this is obviously a consumer play. This isn't. This is. It's, it's while it's still a very powerful product with the M1 processor, this is still very much a consumer play. So if you like, I've already got the 27 inch iMac. When I heard this was a 24 inch iMac, I thought, hang on a minute. This is more. This is kind of replacing the twenty-one point five inch iMac, which was your entry level iMac. It, it does add a four point five K Retina display, twenty four inches. So amazing display and colors and all of that. The, the amazing design as well. But I think in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, Apple obviously the other shoe is going to drop here. With later this year, we're going to see an iMac Pro, which I'm hoping has a thirty two inch screen an even more powerful M1 processor, something that's aimed at the at the professional crowd who want want something really fast and robust to uh, edit their videos and all of the, all that stuff, rendering, 3D graphics, all that sort of stuff. That's the one I'm waiting for. You know, I will am hanging out for that one. But the iMac, uh, apart from its incredibly thin design, also has a new power attachment. So it attaches magnetically to the back of the of the iMac. I think again to save the thickness there, and the, it's got this woven cord that it also can that you connect your Ethernet cable to the cord rather than to the back of the computer. Again, saving the thickness there. In fact, one fascinating thing I learned was that they couldn't put the headphone jack on the back of the computer because the headphone jack would actually be too thick. It would it would pop out the front of the screen. So what Apple did, they put the headphone jack on the side of the iMac as well. So to to allow it to have, they couldn't put it on the back because the actual, the, you look at your headphone, if you're still using a wired headphone, have a look at the end of the headphone jack. It's actually thicker than the computer. So they had to put it on the side of the of the iMac. They've also introduced Touch ID finally to their keyboards. We've had it on our laptops and on our smartphones for quite a while. Now with the keyboard with the iMac, it does introduce Touch ID. There's also Thunderbolt connections and USB-C connections uh, on the back panel also. Uh, available in the uh, eight-core CPU, and you can also go the faster. Uh, it's actually eighty-five percent faster than the twenty-one point five inch, uh, which the previous model. So that means it's powerful enough to edit five streams of four K footage or one stream of eight K footage in Final Cut Pro. So uh, it is a it is a powerhouse, but still only a twenty-four inch screen, and I think the color range. To me, just screams consumer. The pro version is what I'm really hanging out to see. Uh, and these start at 1899 bucks. Uh, and if you want to go up to the next model, I think they start at twenty one ninety nine. So there's the the uh, eight gig eight gig version, and then there's more powerful version that's slightly more expensive. But again, the M one family of Macs 
has grown. Uh, stay tuned for the next segment. We're going to be talking about the iPad Pro, Apple TV 4K, Purple iPhone, and podcasts. Back in a moment. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. You can read more about, of course, the AirTags and iMac at techguide.com.au. We have covered it, and I've also the, there's a review of the AirTags. So I have actually used them, and there are pictures and a video for you to check out. But we're moving on now to the iPad Pro, and again, uh, a significant upgrade here. Uh, the uh, the iPad Pro already a powerful device, but it's had a, a improvement across the board. Starting with the processor, it's the M1 processor, so the 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 same chip that's that's powering the MacBook Air and the 13 inch MacBook Pro is now on board the iPad Pro. So in terms of power and performance, boy has it had an upgrade. The other improvement for the 12.9, uh, the 12.9 inch iPad, is a new Liquid Retina XDR mini LED display. Now, this is a similar technology that's being used in the 2021 range of televisions from companies like Samsung and Hisense and LG. They are using this mini LED technology and it improves contrast, it improves black levels, it improves clarity. So you're really going to see an improvement in the screen and, and designed for creative professionals so they can see the same sort of quality in their hand with a laptop as they would on a television. So this Liquid Retina XDR display, up to two terabytes of storage as well on board, but the, the there's HDR on board, so you can see the the true what you're working on or watching. It is truly uh, improved in terms of quality and accuracy now with this brand new mini LED screen. The other improvement, we, we picked this and we're so happy that they've actually done it, 5G now is on board the iPad Pro. We, we saw a 5G introduced for the first time with the iPhone 12 last year and now it's rolled forward to now include the iPad Pro. Both the 11-inch and the 12.9-inch has 5G. Only the 12.9-inch though has the screen, the uh, mini LED screen, and they all have the M1 chip. So it's only the 12.9 that has the added feature of having the mini LED display, 5G and M1 processors across the board the, on the 11 and the 12.9-inch iPads. Uh, it's also slightly thicker than last year. So if you uh, if you want to buy a Magic Keyboard, you will need a new Magic Keyboard. Last year's won't work, but this year's, the, with the new one, is backwards compatible with all the old ones. So the reason for the change is the 12.9 inch now is slightly thicker to accommodate that so that, that mini LED display. Like we're talking like half a millimeter or something thicker. So, but it is a, it is different. Uh, so yeah, iPad Pro, again, uh, taking a bit of a leap here. It is, uh, the, the, the storage has also been uh, improved as well with the 12.9 is available now in up to two terabyte configurations. The 11-inch iPad starts at 11.99. The 12.9-inch that will start at 16.49. Available to order from April 30, and they'll be available in the second half of May. I should have said the same thing for the iMac. Same deal. Late April pre-order. Second half of May is when they're going to be released. Uh, the other, the other new product, or well, not a new product, updated product. Let's call it, is the Apple TV 4K. It's been a while since we've seen uh, any announcements here, but what we're getting with the Apple TV 4K is not only improved performance, but also a new Siri remote control. 
And I'm, I'm applauding this because I reckon the other, the earlier remote control, the old remote control on the Apple TV 4K was was pretty average. It wasn't uh, wasn't too responsive. And this, I think, is a huge improvement. It's it's bigger. It has a new jog jog wheel on top, five directional keys, Siri dedicated Siri button on the side. So it's something you can use without even looking at it. That's the idea because you, you know you're watching probably it's the, the lights are down and you're, you're watching your movies or whatever. You don't want to have to look down and see what you're looking at uh, at the controller. You want to just intuitively use it without without actually having to look down and see what you're doing. So that's that's a huge improvement right there. But the other big improvement is that now Apple TV 4K now supports 4K HDR and Dolby Vision at up to 60 frames per second. So that faster frame rate support, you are going to notice a difference. And this is fascinating. There's a new color balance process as well that uses the iPhone and its sensors on board to improve the TV's color balance. So what you do is hold up the TV in front of the Apple TV 4K. It'll take a reading off your phone and then apply it to the TV to improve the color balance. It's it's incredible that there's been TV companies that have been, like Samsung have been making TVs for decades and they haven't hadn't thought of this and they make smartphones. Apple, again, uh, proving that uh, using your smartphone, in this case the iPhone, can now improve the color balance. They showed a before and after shot too. It was remarkable, the difference. So uh, Apple always thinking to try to improve that experience, improve the performance, and I think they've done that with the Apple TV 4K. Uh, It uh, also goes pre-order start April 30. And release set for the second half of May. It's going to be very busy second half of May for Apple. All their products. This the product. The Apple TV 4K starts at 249 bucks. Now, uh, we what, how much can we say about a purple iPhone apart from it being purple? It is uh, it is a lovely color though. They did send it to me, and it, it actually already had iOS 14.5 on board, which allowed me to use the Air Tags. So um, that was the that was the big deal uh, for having that. Apart from the beautiful color, I really like the color actually. So purple is uh, another addition to the iPhone 12, an iPhone 12 Mini range. The other colors you can already get is uh, white, black, blue, green, and product red. Now you got purple. And uh, purple, it, it has a really nice back back panel and also the anodized aluminium frame on the outside is also purple. So if purple is your thing, purple is your color, you now have a matching iPhone. And the iPhone 12 mini and iPhone 12 is will have purple. iPhone 12 mini starts at $11.99 and the iPhone 12 starts at $13.49. And pre-orders start this week and they're going to be in store on April the 30th. So no waiting for the second half of May for the purple iPhone that's available from April 30. And last but not least of the Apple event announcements was an update to the Apple Podcasts subscriptions. So what they've revealed in the iPad, the, the podcast app, I should say, a totally redesigned podcast app to start with. So really easy to discover content, to recognize content from, from familiar creators. But what they're also doing is creating a worldwide podcast marketplace called Apple Podcasts Subscriptions. So listeners can sign up to premium podcasts and exclusive content. This podcast that you're listening to will always be free. I would never dream of charging people for it. Uh, this is my my uh, content that I create for you every week. I would never dream of, of put, putting a premium price on it, but I'm not speaking for every podcast creator out there. 
they have um, pro- probably much larger audiences and they they may provide things like ad-free listening, access to additional and exclusive content, early access to new to new shows as well. So uh, that's going to be their choice. I think it's their Apple's version of like a Patreon sort of setup where uh, podcasters can create a little system there where listeners can tip them a few dollars every week or pay the full subscription fee, the monthly fee or whatever it happens to be uh, uh, as they move forward. And Apple, as with others, as with other services, Apple take a cut. They take a 30% cut in the first year, 15% cut of that subscription price in the second year and and onwards. So uh, this is also uh, potential uh, uh, revenue stream for Apple as well uh, if if customers or creators I should say want to put a price on their podcasts Apple podcast subscriptions will be available in more than 170 countries including Australia uh, and that starts in May now all of those things the AirTags iMac iPad Pro the Apple TV 4K purple iPhone and the podcast subscription services are all you can read about every single one of them you can see the prices see the photos of all the new products and you can check all of them out at techguide.com now, you know what? We do want to have great Wi-Fi at home. That's that's a given. We're working from home a lot more often, and we we, we live at home, of course. We're our entertainment. We want everything to be smooth sailing with our Wi-Fi. But you know what? The same thing applies if you've got a small business. You you want to have uh, you might have a small business, a small office, a restaurant, a cafe. You never know. Whatever business you're running. You want to be able to have good Wi-Fi, not only for yourself, for your employees, but also for your customers. And Netgear has come up with the new Orbi Pro Wi-Fi 6. Netgear, obviously, sponsors of the Tech Guide podcast. Uh, Their new Netgear Orbi Pro, the uh, Orbi Pro Wi-Fi 6, now offers small businesses the opportunity to create a really sturdy mesh Wi-Fi system. We've spoken about mesh Wi-Fi for on the show for some time, and it's a usual setup with a, a, a router that connects to your existing modem and a satellite that can be located in other parts of the home. Similar type of setup, but in this case, there is that, that main router that connects to your modem, but you can have up to six satellites attached to the system to create this incredible spread of Wi-Fi. So these these small wireless nodes, up to six of them you can have, and it creates an amazing coverage of up to 1,700 square metres. That's 18,000 square feet in the uh, the old uh, imperial measurements. So that's quite a, a, a footprint there. And with Wi-Fi 6 on board, you're getting four times the capacity as well. So you're supporting more connections than the original Orbi Pro product. Wi-Fi 6, if you've got a Wi-Fi 6 compatible smartphone, laptop, all these other devices, you're getting up to four times better performance uh, and more capacity. So with that sort of coverage, you'd, you'd expect the, your workplace will now be able to handle multiple video conferencing streams, large file transfers, connecting smart products and smart security devices as well. But even if you say not, not all small businesses are just offices. So we're talking uh, this support here for hospitality and service-based industry. So if you've got a restaurant, a cafe, a bar, retail outlet, you might have a medical office, 
other professional services, small educational centers, you get that same capacity to now offer your employees, guests, customers, the access to your Wi-Fi as well. You can create up to four different network names, so four SSIDs. Security, of course, as with all Orbi products, is paramount. So it is password protected, and so you can even offer guest networks to, to customers if they do want to join your network. You can create that that or that system where they you, that you can offer a network that will only be visible, for example, to your customers or your your other other guests in in your business. Uh, there's also too uh, an advanced management system as well. So don't think you need to suddenly employ an IT department because they have an Insight app. So this this new Insight remote management solution allows you to install the system and then create separate and isolated Wi-Fi channels for designated for employees, guests, and for administrative purposes as well. So uh, you're not having to lean on an IT department to run this thing. It is pretty simple, and the Insight app allows you to run it from the palm of your hand. It's really and, and there is support as well uh, available from Netgear. You do get one year of Insight subscription included with the IP, Orbi Pro Wi-Fi six and help with your setup, remote monitoring and management as well through the app. So uh, really easy to set up and you do also have that support. You've got a one-year subscription to Insight. To, uh, so that's kind of like your little built-in IT department uh, in the form of an app. The Netgear Orbi Pro Wi-Fi 6 tri-band mesh system, uh, it's priced at $1,499 Australian dollars. That includes the router and one satellite. Uh, and if you want to to add to this to the satellite, so a single add-on satellite, they're going to be available in later in the year in Q3. That is seven hundred and ninety-nine Australian dollars as well. So if you want to add to the system later, you can can handle up to six satellites. Remember, so you can have a, a quite a wide uh, yet robust and consistent wireless network for your business. If you want to read more about the Netgear Orbi Pro Wi-Fi Six, check it out techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. There's been a rapid increase in cybercrime with constant data breaches, online scams and ransomware, just to name a few. Norton's all-in-one cyber safety solution, Norton 360 Premium, now comes with dark web monitoring powered by LifeLock, which helps notify you if your personal information is discovered on the dark web. It also includes device security and secure VPN with bank-grade encryption to help keep you private, online, plus a password manager, PC safe cam, and more. With Norton's award-winning security and globally trusted protection across 50 million customers, rest assured Norton 360 Premium with dark web monitoring is the all-in-one protection for your devices and data. Norton 360 Premium is available now at leading retailers. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. First up on the Tech Guide reviews is the DJI FPV. Now, this is uh, last week we spoke about the Air 2S. I'm going to review that probably next week. But this is the first person view drone. It was announced a couple of weeks ago. And I had so much fun reviewing this. This is what I've called the Formula One car of drones. This is a rocket. So maneuverable, so fast. And it's different to the other DJI drones. For a start, the there are fixed props, so the arms don't fold in like the Mavics and the Air drones. 
The camera is out of the front nose of the drone as well. It's got a one-axis gimbal, so you can move it up and down. And so you you got an unencumbered view. There is occasions where you may see uh, the props, the front props uh, in in your vision because it does have a 150 degree field of view, and you do sometimes catch the edge of the propellers, as you'll see in the video that I've also prepared on our review on Tech Guide as well. I did have a lot of fun flying it around, even hit hit a tree, but uh, it, it it got out of it though. Uh, didn't didn't crash. It just sort of just clipped the tree, and but I managed to pilot it out of there. Uh, read the review to see what happened there, but. The FPV is so fast, so nimble, but here's the thing. It comes with a controller, which which I used, but also comes with a pair of goggles, which are designed to allow you to see what the drone is seeing in real time. Now, that is technically flying the DJI FPV with the included goggles in Australia is actually illegal. Now, the uh, CASA, the Civil Aviation Safety Authority, their rules for recreational drone operators state, and I'm reading the rule now, you must keep your drone within visual line of sight. This means always being able to see the drone with your own eyes rather than through a device, screen, or goggles. So wearing the goggles prevents you doing that. And... If you if you do like in other countries, I I have seen reference to having a spotter. So if you're flying, if you're controlling, you got the controller in your hand and you got the goggles on, and you've got someone next to you saying, "Okay, watch out," but uh, telling you being your spotter, that's illegal. You can't do that in Australia. I understand the only legal way to use the goggles with the DJI FPV is indoors. So if you've got a large enough venue to fly this thing indoors, go nuts because you can. It's tech, apparently it's legal to fly it indoors with goggles, but outdoors, illegal. So perhaps instead of having a spotter to tell you what you're doing while you're wearing the goggles, illegal. That's illegal. The spotter take someone with you, let them wear the goggles, and you fly the drone by keeping your eye on it. Now, how we got around this, and I'm not saying got around it, I had to adapt. Oh, that's probably a better word. To, for me to adapt to use this drone legally, what I had to do was after I linked the goggles to the drone and the drone to the controller, I attached an iPad to the goggles and was running the DJI Fly app on the iPad. And what that provided was a live feed of the camera. So it's basically what you would get if the phone, your phone was attached to the top of the controller. This time out, the controller doesn't even have a clip to put a phone on it because it expects you to wear the goggles. So what we did, we had the iPad just nearby so I could glance down and see uh, my path. But the whole idea of, of having, of the law saying you can't wear goggles is so you can see your surroundings as well as the drone. If I'm wearing, if I'm wearing the goggles, all I can see is what the, what the drone is seeing. I might not be able to see a power cable or power lines or a, tele, a telephone pole or whatever whatever is around me. That's what I'm missing out on. I can't see if there's a helicopter approaching or or all these other factors. That that's the reason why you need to have eyes on visual line of sight. Uh, so that that that's the main reason why the laws exist. Now the downside of having that that iPad attached 
is that all I could see was the video footage and not the information around the edges of the screen that is required, like the battery level, the amount of time I've been recording, safety warnings. All this information is in the goggles. The only thing I got out onto the iPad through the DJI Fly app was just the plain video feed. So I'd, I had to would have to stop the drone, look inside the goggles to see the battery level to make sure. And I did set a, a warning so it would I could hear a, a, a notification that the battery levels at, at that low level. I'd get the warning when it got down to twenty five percent. But here are the things you need to work around to use this a safely and b legally. Now. Having gone beyond that, okay, let's talk about the drone itself and just how fast and fun this is to fly. It is incredible. It is, like I said, the Formula One car of drones can fly at up to 140 kilometers an hour, can hit zero to 100 in two seconds. And have a look at the video. You'll see just how fast it is. So what you get out of it is just some stunning high-speed, high-energy videos that look different to what you would produce with a regular drone. For a start, it doesn't. The regular drone doesn't go as fast. It's sort of more scenic, uh, and also too, this is uh, out from the front, from the front of the drone. So you're not the the camera on a traditional DJI drone would be sort of tucked in under the nose of the of the drone. And so that would kind of limit your view up and down. This has no encumbrance at the front. So you can go up and down at quite an angle and, and shoot the video at up to 4K, 30 frames per second, I should add, too. Really high quality. And you'll see some stunning video. I, I included in my video, there's a lot of the footage I shot myself, but also some of the other stuff that other people, the DJI has shot uh, with on their promo videos as well. It is remarkable. Uh, the, the drone itself has really short body, really short arms as well, because it's highly maneuverable. This is a, uh, It's got triple blade propellers. It is really, really fast. Can turn at almost 90 degrees. I'm so surprised how sharply this thing can turn and stop. Uh, it is incredible. There's three modes as well. So I, I recommend anyone who's, got, who's thinking of the DJI FPV, I'd recommend this is not a beginner drone. This this if you've not driven a flown a drone before, this is not your first this shouldn't be your first drone. This is is in the hands of an experienced pilot, someone who's flown around a little bit uh, and there are yes there are modes there's a these the S mode which is allows you to have the speed and simplified controls there's the M mode which is all hell for leather every feature every speed you want to go which is how I flew it and then there's also N mode which I think stands for normal mode which slows it down makes it like a normal drone so that you it can sort of it's like having it on rails like training wheels mode I should call that so that that if you don't want to be if, uh, at the press of a pushing your throttle this thing's going to just fly off into the distance that's the mode you would choose as well so uh, the dji fpv battery life of course depends on how you fly it and if you're like me and you wanted to just go go hell or go go hell for leather and just go manual mode and just go for it Battery life, best we got, I think, was about 11 minutes out of a battery, which is short because you're using a lot of power because you're using you're flying at high speed and really throwing this thing around. 
if you were wanted to be a little bit more conservative, then you could you could probably get about up to twenty minutes out of the battery if you're flying at like forty kilometers an hour instead of one hundred and forty kilometers an hour. I should also add too, there is another controller available for it. There's the motion controller, which, uh, as its name suggests, once once it's once it's paired, it's got a trigger, which is your throttle, and then you move it left or right and or up or down, and that's how you control the drone. If you wanted to move left, you move it left. If you wanted to go right, you move it right. If you want to go up point it up and similar point it down and that's actually how I hit the tree because it is pretty sensitive if you make a sort of sudden movement it's going to sort of change direction and I did clip the tree when I was flying it but on the battery side though I would highly recommend because of that really relatively short battery life I would recommend getting the fly more kit in this instance you know normally you can buy a fly more combo which is the drone and the batteries all in one package but what what you what you also what you can uh, do with the, with this one you get the drone on its own which is two thousand and ninety nine bucks you can then also buy the DJI motion controller for two twenty nine bucks but also the fly more kit which is four hundred and twenty nine dollars and that gives you two extra batteries and a charging hub so that way you you'll have three batteries in total so you could at least get some decent flying time in so it's 2099 for the drone 229 if you want the motion controller which is really cool and 2429 for the fly more kit which is two added batteries and a hub i think you'll need that that fly more kit because it is going to be a very short flight without those extra batteries the DJI drone, look, it's amazing new drone, super fast, super high energy, super maneuverable. Uh, it's a shame that technically wearing the goggles is illegal. Well, it's not technically, it is illegal uh, under CASA drone laws, but that shouldn't stop your enjoyment of this. You can still capture some stunning footage. Uh, maybe let one of your mates wear the goggles and make them sick. So to go, go really fast and go really sharp turns and make them dizzy. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do. That, that's what I tried to do. But no, the person who wore the goggles, they were pretty solid. The DJI FPV, you can read our complete review at techguide.com.au. Next up, we're chatting headphones. And normally when we talk about headphones, we talk about headphones for adults. But in this instance, we're talking about JBL's new range of headphones that are designed just for kids. Not many people think about that. They, they, their kids might be wearing regular earphones, regular headphones, and what tends to happen is that there's no limit to the volume, and so this could be damaging to your child's ears. So JBL saw this as an opportunity. There's a gap in the market there. The JBL JR310BT and the JR310, the difference being the BT's Bluetooth, so it's wireless. The JR310 has a cable, so you can connect it directly to your device, to your device, I should say. And compact, really beautiful colours, so really attractive for, for kids. Uh, nice big buttons, so really easy to operate if they want to change the volume or whatever they need to do. It's, it's really simple. Uh, and they're very safe, very lightweight, foldable designs to go anywhere. So if you're on a road trip, maybe your kids want to be listening to the iPad or uh, they might be on a, on the plane or whatever, where, wherever they want to listen to their music. They might even be doing their studies, maybe remote learning. They want to be able to listen in carefully or they might be on a Zoom call, a virtual learning as well, remote learning. Uh, this is an ideal product for that. Uh, great sound quality uh, and they've also got an 85 decibel limit. So uh, decibel, 
limit of 85 decibels so that they can protect your child's hearing. Because you know what? I'm sure there's a lot of us, me included, listening to our music at high volumes when we were younger, when we were teenagers. That's probably going to have an effect for some of us uh, later in life. It, it affected our hearing. So here's an opportunity to have a product designed just for children. So there is that limit. So even if they do turn it up to full volume, you know that it's safe. It's not going to affect their hearing. Really important. So perfect if you've gone on a family trip playing games as well. Kids like to play games on their devices. Uh, singing along to your music, online classes. Uh, there's also a built-in microphone as well so you can stay connected, chat with your friends and family uh, or the teacher if they're doing their remote learning. There's also those large child-friendly buttons that I mentioned, uh, custom-designed ear cushions and a soft padded headband as well so that easy, adjust, easy adjustment, comfortable and secure fit so they can wear them for hours. Uh, JBL also, this is a cool feature, they also included reusable stickers. So there are stickers that you can place on the headphones and then you can peel them off and use them again on maybe or change the position on the headphones. But you can make your headphones unique for your child or they, they will do that themselves. They want to put their own stickers on, not mum and dad won't do that. The kids will put their own stickers on. Uh, range of great colours as well and pricing, it's only thirty nine ninety five for the 310 which is the uh, the wired headphones. And if you want to spend uh, $69.95, that's the JBL JR310BT plus BT being Bluetooth, they're wireless. So $39.95 for the wired headphones, $69.95 for the wireless headphones and designed for kids, which means they're safe, fun to use. They can enjoy all the their activities, whatever they're listening to, whatever they're playing, whatever they're learning. But uh, you can have as a parent peace of mind that their hearing is going to be protected because of those that 85 decibel limit. If you want to read more about the JBL headphones for kids, head over to techguide.com.au. Now, we've heard of Ecovacs, of course. They're one of the leading robot vacuum manufacturers, the Ecovacs Robotics, and their very popular D-Bot Osmo robot vacuum cleaners are very popular. They've got a new one, though, the T9 Plus. This is a robot vacuum cleaner that's also a mop, so improved mopping and vacuuming functions, but they've also got the very latest obstacle avoidance as well. So this can detect if there's like something in front of it, a sock, a cable, a bit of Lego, it'll know to go around that rather than going straight through it. It knows that it can uh, navigate around that. But the addition to this vacuum is an interesting one. It now includes an air freshener. So what, the, what it does, the air freshener releases this fragrance onto the floor to remove musty odours, pet odours as well. You might have pets at home. While the onboard fan then spreads the fragrance evenly around your home. What a great idea. It uses replaceable fragrance capsules. They're available in three different kinds of fragrances, and that can last you up to 60 days. So not only will your house be clean, it'll smell good as well. Uh, the T9 Plus combines nine-in-one cutting-edge features, so even smarter. They've got an updated True Detect 3D, so real-time obstacle detection and avoidance system. True Mapping 2.0 also allows it to precisely navigate and map your home so that it can create an efficient cleaning path. There's also included with it is the Auto Empty Station, which means that for more 
than 30 days, you can just leave the robot alone to clean and empty its bin. Uh, so what happens, it, it docks into the auto empty station, all the dust and, 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 and debris is taken out of the bin and into this larger unit. And then that, of course, empties the bin on the robot itself, and it can go out and keep cleaning. So you don't even need to touch this thing for more than 30 days. A huge improvement there as well. And you've got the air freshener too. That's a really good feature. Uh, this is also a mop as well, I should remind you. The, not only is it a vacuum, it can also mop your hard floors as well. Uh, has an improved, uh, even stronger suction for your vacuuming. Uh, it's now, it does have now a new high-strength fiberglass structure, so consistent suction power, and also for, for both vacuuming and mopping. The mopping system also has a newly designed motor. So it's got this high-frequency vibration. goes, I think, at up to 480 times per minute. It's really fast. So that's a really good way of cleaning your, your tiles, your floorboards, uh, and without you lifting a finger. That's the idea behind having a robot vacuum cleaner. Now, the D-Bot T9 Plus with the air freshener on board is priced at $1,299. You can get it from Godfrey's, JB Hi-Fi, and the good guys, and it has air freshener, the Osmo Pro 2 oscillating uh, mop improved mopping system, auto empty station, 3,000 PA strong suction, TrueDetect 3D 2.0 for a smarter clean, True Mapping 2.0 for more accurate mapping, updated 2D map experience, new 3D mapping for the app as well, and uh, renewed uh, an improved Ecovax home app as well for a more convenient mapping experience. It's all there in the palm of your hand. It's a set-and-forget device that can keep your house clean, keep your floors clean, but also keep your house smelling really nice as well with the air freshener. I think that's a really great addition. If you want to check it out, see it for yourself, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling and more? And what happens if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Tech Guide Help This is brought to you by our good friends at Belkin, and Belkin have actually released uh, AirTag, uh, the AirTag holders. So you you can now uh, Apple do sell their own AirTag key rings and loops, but now Belkin have their own selection of secure holders for Apple's new AirTag. Check them out, Belkin.com forward slash AU. Now, one question we get asked fairly often is uh, a lot of people are connecting their their smart products and smart devices. And often these smart devices are only compatible with the older 2.4 gigahertz band. Now, if you've got a, a, a dual band, tri-band system, there's 5 gigahertz and 2.4 gigahertz. Now, it's not, not always do you get 
the two separate SSIDs. You do often. I think what people need to do is look in, the, in on their phones and connect to those different different networks because some do say 2.4, some say 5. They identify themselves as having those dual bands and you can select them when you are planning to connect your security camera, other smart lights and other products that require a 2.4 gigahertz service uh, connection now if you're using like a netgear orbi and you're connecting like an arlo camera the orbi will detect the device being connected to it and will automatically put it on the 2.4 gigahertz network you don't need to do anything uh, to do that if you don't have a mesh system or an orbi what what i've advised people to do in the past is go to the very edge of their network that's where 2.4 gigahertz will be. So if you need to connect something to your, to your network and it only requires 2.4 gigahertz, go to the very edge of your network. So go right to your back door of your house or near, near the edge of where you know your network is and then connect to the Wi-Fi network that you know has both a 2.4 and 5 gigahertz network. If you At that point in your home, 2.4 gigahertz will probably the likely network it will, it will link to. So that's another way of doing it. And the other way is to check that if there's, there's probably an SSID, another network name that may have a designation that it is 2.4. So choose that above the others. Can be very frustrating. Uh, we do want to connect our smart devices, but there is a way to do it. And that is our show for this week. If you want to find out about anything we've spoken about, of course, you can read it in full at techguide.com.au. And please get in touch with us. Our email is info at techguide.com.au. We love hearing from you. You may end up on the Tech Guide help desk. You can also drop me an email if you hit the Ask Stephen icon on the Tech Guide homepage. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please support the sponsors that support the Tech Guide podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another show. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.